This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning comic book store, Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. And listeners like you, head to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click donate or check us out at Patreon backslash TwoHeadedNerd. Oh, ha, ha. Remember me, Coming to you live from the Ziggurat at Omaha, deep below the metro area, it is THN cover to cover for Saturday, February 6th, and my name is Matt Baum. And I'm the internet's Joe Patrick, here's how it works. Every Saturday morning at 11 Central Time, Matt and I go live on our Facebook page and our Zoom channel to rap about the week's new comics, nerd news, movies, TV, and of course, the question of the week, live with you, the listeners. Just like Joe said, this is a live roundtable discussion show, and we need you to play along. So jump into our Zoom. You can find the link at the top of our live stream on our Faces book, or you can call us at 402-819-4894, or... You can click the Facebook call now button if you're not good with numbers, or you can just sit in Facebook live chat and chat with us there if you want to get in on the action. If you can't be here live, that is cool too. You can always leave a message at that phone number that I just talked about, or you can send an MP3 to twoheadednerd at gmail.com. But before we get rolling here and we open the phone lines, Joey, let's reset some of this week's nerd news, and then we'll hit them with the combination of the question. All right. Um, first up, we've got Thor origin drama. I want to know if this is drama. That's what I want to talk about. Not that there's Thor, like they changed Thor's origin. Because I feel like origins get changed all the goddamn time. Constantly. Right? This is not new. Yeah, right. <laughs> but in the pages of uh, Avengers 42, and I, we should say that we don't even know yet, but the ancient Phoenix which is like a redheaded cave babe from 1 fire million hair. BC or whatever, fire hair, said to Thor, I'm your real mom. Or she didn't even say that. She said, we need to talk, my son, which, <laughs> I mean, who knows? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was established earlier in the series that Odin and Firehair had had a romantic affair. Yeah, and like back uh, in Unworthy Thor in 2017, it was revealed that Odin had a love affair with a being possessed by the Phoenix Force. So this has been around for a while. This is out there. It's true. It's true. Uh, classically, Thor's mom, Thor's real mom is is Gaia, right? The Earth Mother or whatever you want to call her. Right. Uh, and his adopted mom is, is uh, Frigga. Uh, but yeah, so like, does it even matter? Yeah, right. One, does it matter? Two, do we know that she, like, did she come right out and be like, hey, look, here's a picture of me holding you covered in goo. I'm your mom. No. <laughs> yeah, 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 I yeah. mean, like, she just said, we need to talk, my son. And they're also, keep in mind, they're going to blow up the world <laughs> and redo it without the Avengers for Heroes Reborn. So who knows what comes back out of that? I'm just saying, maybe we need to settle down a little bit. But if you are pissed about it, I would like to talk about what happens when characters' origins are changed. Does that bother you? Or is it just part of the game? It's like you said. It, when you already have a situation with a character like Thor, right. it's like, it's, it's Thor. Right. His mother is Gaia. 
Right, the Earth goddess or whatever. And who has ever thought of like who? When has that ever come up as an issue in modern day? That's what I didn't get pissed about. Like, there's this Thor lawyer that I follow on Twitter, and great. They this person Thor. loves Thor, right? And posted and was just like, I'm putting my foot down. If they change this, I'm done. I'm like, really? <laughs> Thor's mom? <laughs> like, okay, it's, I don't know. I, I think the whole thing is stupid. Yeah. Um, before um, we get to the next story, let's talk about this last one real quick. Shaz Adam. Let's talk about that real quick because Shaz Adam was a thing, not probably earlier this week and late last week where there was rumors that DC was changing black Adam's name to Shaz Adam. Now, uh, at, at first I thought they meant the name of the movie. That's what it sounded like at first. Like it was going to happen. I was like, in the well, movie. that's yeah. dumb, but I guess I get it. But it's still stupid. But It is stupid. But then people picked up with it and ran with it. And it got reported. Like, this started a bleeding cool where all these fucking trashy rumors start. Don't go to the site. It's awful. But regardless of that, it, 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 all these characters or creators, Brian Michael Bendis, namely, came out and was like, rumors are stupid. They all came out and they were like, don't believe the hype. This is a bunch of BS. Bullshit. And then one retailer who doesn't want to be named because he leaked the early pages of infinite. What's it called? Infinite. Infinite frontier number zero. Infinite frontier number zero, which is kickstarting DC after the future state stuff. And there it is right there on the page. They're using the word Shaz Adam. (laughs) Yes. And we discussed this a little bit though. There is a little bit of there, there, as you said. Yes. However, a handful of people in a small village in a third world country calling him Shaz Adam. Exactly. Are they changing the character's name? Which is not the same no. thing as DC rebranding the character Shaz Adam. But they made it a thing when they came out and they're like, bullshit. Don't believe yeah, everything they, you read, when they kid. Came out with such a, when they came out with such a vehement denial and everyone was like, okay. And then Bleeding Cool was like, well, then what's this? Right. And the, okay, the term behind it is now referred to affectionately as brevoarding, and it goes back to Tom Brevoort yes, when exactly. Tom Brevoort would be like, "We would never cancel a Fantastic Four just because we're mad at Fox for jerking us around with the film rights." And then they promptly canceled Fantastic Four because they were mad at Fox. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> years later, Jonathan Hickman was like, "Yeah, that's totally what." Happened. Yeah, it is hundred percent what happened. So Shaz Adam, there is a th- there is a there there. Yeah, it, I mean, but it's so stupid. Like, it's it, totally stupid. Oh. Yes, yes, they call him Shaz Adam in the book. Is DC renaming the character Shaz Adam? No, no that's stupid. Now, uh, Rusty Shackles on uh, Twitter, who is a high-quality Twitter follower. Oh, if you don't excellent dude. Excellent he dude. Uh, showed us what Shaz Adam stands for. It's Solomon, Hercules, Atlas, Zeus, Achilles, Dr. Mario, Alf, Megatron. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Shaz Adam. <laughs> so good. But now let's get uh, to the it. big story it. of the week, Joe. Marvel is under fire for a page in Immortal Hulk that shows a picture of a jeweler with the word jewelry that's supposed to be in the background, but it's misspelled. And now it's misspelled, so it says jewelry, which is an old slanderous term that was applied to Jewish jewelers. If you go to the Diamond District in New York, there are a lot of very Jewish jewelry shops there, some of which also feature a Star of David on the window. I am not defending this, okay? But people took 
serious offense to it. And we're like, what in the hell is this weird anti-Semitic flex that you made in a Hulk book featuring dude haggling for a price over a, a diamond in a jewelry shop with the star of David and the word jewelry <laughs> on the window. Now, it should be said that Joe Bennett, the artist, completely owned it. He didn't defend it at all. He said, I made a mistake. This is stupid. I misspelled it. It is my bad, 100%. I did not mean to offend anybody. But the idea- Dude has a history. Well, dude has a history. But even before I go into that, regardless, if he had no, let's take the history out of it. Why would anyone in their right mind make this weird flex in their comic? I don't get it. <laughs> like, even if you don't have his, even if you are a Jewish creator, why would you do this? Like, I don't even think it's on its face as anti-Semitic and horrifying as some people took it. I think it's tasteless and kind of dumb, but why? The question is why? And who at Marvel looked at this, the editor looked at it and went, I don't know, there's no problem there. That's not going to offend anybody. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Now, uh, aside from the, now I'm going to say this. I will 100% accept the explanation that it was a total oversight. The misspelling, yes. It was a mistake. Like the, the, the guy obviously did not mean to write jewelry. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, cause you can look at it and you can even see that there's a, there's like almost, there's like almost an extra space there. Right. And there's a character in where front of the window where he intended to draw an L and the character is leaning over. So it looks like maybe he just forgot to draw the L because the character was blocking it or whatever. No, but, the character is definitely not blocking the space where the L would be, but there's definitely that, a space where the L would go. Regardless uh, of that. <laughs> it, like, it, like, but I, I accept the fact that it was a, a, a horrible, horrible, horrible mistake. What is inexcusable is the fact that it went through multiple rounds of editing. It went through inking. It went through coloring. It went through editing. And nobody looked at that and went, mm, yeah, wait a second. Like you said, I don't understand why you would even bother to invite that firestorm exactly. by, by making it a Jewish jewelry shop. Right. A exactly. A just make it a pawn shop or whatever. And who cares? And now something else. Now I am not Jewish, so I don't understand necessarily the cultural implications, but I heard there was also, uh, people were also taking issue with the idea that he, uh, drew a gold star of David in the window. See now. Okay. That's let's back up because if you walk down the diamond district in New York, there are definitely stars of David right there in the windows and stuff. And like, even in the movie uncut gems, a lot of these shops very much play up their Jewish ethnicity because people expect that. I'm not saying, but is it a bright gold star of David? Like the sometimes? Nazis made the Jews wear. Right, right. No, I don't. I think that might be a bit of a reach. I don't think that's where he was going with this, but that is a thing. And when this was first shown to me, I looked at it and I can't remember who showed it to me on Twitter. And I was like, I don't know. I, I mean, like, I think it's kind of a dumb idea, but I don't think it's I don't think Joe Bennett was going for some anti-Jewish statement here. No, I no, no. I, I think that Joe Bennett made a mistake. Yes. Um, but I also think that Joe Bennett um, has a history of some real shitty takes. Yeah, he did, like, uh, laugh at some transphobic jokes and whatnot. And Yeah, and uh, he, he previously received criticism for uh, – 
perceived bigotry due to violent comments he made in relation to the 2019 assault of gay journalist Glenn Greenwald, uh, which he later apologized for. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, like, look. Uh, and then, yeah, he let he he posted like laugh emojis at a bunch of transphobic stuff on Instagram. Um, and yeah, so it's is he a dipshit? Probably. Is he an anti-Semite? I hope not. And I kind of doubt it. I think he might just be dumb. Like the same way Hulk Hogan dropped an N-bomb. Is Hulk Hogan a racist? No. The guy's a fucking idiot. All right? And, like, and I'm not saying that makes it any better, <laughs> but it makes it less evil, perhaps. I don't know. I, but I find it hard to believe that Joe Bennett's an anti-Semite. I do think he, maybe he's a complete dumbass, though. Just, you know, why I mean, would you invite might be a little bit. He might be a little bit anti-Semitic. <laughs> It's, it is weird. It's super weird. And Al Ewing is not talking about it. He's just like, hands off. I, am. I mean, I bet Al Ewing never even saw it. No, I'll bet Al Ewing saw the art before it went live. Come on. Mm. He's, he's the writer. I mean, maybe. I suppose maybe. All right. Enough of this. Let's set up a new question of the week. Of course, we still want to talk about WandaVision. It was on last night. I don't know if you guys noticed. Something kind of nutty happened there. Worth talking about. <laughs> so Lots of nutty things happened. Hit these kids uh, with the question of the week first so we can get this going. This week's question was submitted by Frank Cirillo via the forums. What if is getting an omnibus edition? In honor of this momentous occasion, what are your favorite what if and elseworlds stories? So many good what ifs out there. Too. You can pick one or the other or one of each, but limit it to one of each at a max, please. Right on, right on. Let's get into it though. We got uh, Mr. Brian Domingos right here waiting to talk to us. Brian, how are you today, sir? Hey guys, how's it going? Good. How are you doing? Hey, pretty good. Good. Um, I was looking for my headphones. Um, I think uh, I'd like the question of the week. Um, I realized that I have barely read any what ifs, but if I include Elseworlds, um, it's always going to be the JSA Liberty Files is my go-to. Yes, that's a good one. Um, It's just like, it's such a cool idea and the execution is so cool. And Tony Harris's art is so interesting. And um, the, there's good twists in there. And, And even that first, um, the first miniseries they did, those first two issues, where his art is that more kind of star manny, you know, kind of scratchy line. Um, they got that, you know, like Jack the Grin, like the Joker, and, um, you know, the bat, the, what, the bat, the clock, and the owl, like as secret agents. Right, right. And, and World right. War Two, like, you don't, or World War One, you don't get cooler than that. So that's a lot of fun. Yeah, I love that one. Uh, right up there with, uh, for me is, um, if I were to have to, if I were to pick an Elseworlds, uh, Liberty Files is great. Uh, uh, the golden age yeah. by uh, yeah. James Robinson and Paul Smith. Definitely. Oof. It's probably my favorite Elseworlds series. What else we got going on, Brian? Um, well, I don't know what you guys are planning on doing for WandaVision. Um, it's hard to talk about specifics without getting into spoilers I, for people who haven't seen it in a day. We and, just need to talk um, about it. We just need to get into it and we need to talk about it right now. So um, let's lay it I, out. <laughs> well, so I, I think last week I hadn't seen any of it. And then I got caught up all I'm all caught up. I will. I will just talk about the ending. Let's talk about the um, end. That's what we need yeah, to talk it's, about it's here. Ha- I know. I don't, I know it's too soon, <laughs> but I'll do it. I'm sorry. I, you know, I'm sensitive to it because I don't want to ruin it for people, but sure. um, I think the big shocking surprise is the Fox 
Quicksilver showing up. That's yeah. the thing. It's not Quicksilver. You knew he was coming back. Yes. Like all through the episode, it's like she's using running. She says run and race. And they're like, oh, you're, you family when you family's dead, but they're family. Like you can bring them back. And it's like, oh, we're definitely going to see Pietro. Like we're definitely going to see that. Oh, of and course. See, and, and seeing the guy, like I felt like it was more, yay, the, the Fox X-Men are in the Marvel universe. Then this is where the story's going. Like it's, it's, movie business stuff getting into my storytelling well now let's back up because i do feel like the instant nerd opinion piece was multiverse the fox x-men are here they've arrived there it is like i don't think that's what's going on at all i think this show has been anything but obvious in what it's doing and to have that character show up the fox x-men quicksilver is such a perfect red herring to make people jerk their knees like that and go, oh yeah, there it is. It's the multiverse Fox X-Men. There is a, there is a, there there is a, a a pretty sizable group of people online that are, are vehemently denying that this is literally the Fox Quicksilver. It can't. Yeah, it's not. They are saying like, it is, it is a, it is a version of Pietro from the multiverse. But it is not specifically the Quicksilver from Days of Future Past. Yeah, it, it just et cetera, et cetera. It's too friggin' obvious, it, you know. And but my there's question no is, why bother it. to throw a swerve into the show to make us all freak out to make these all these idiots that think they have it all figured out jerk their knees and go, we know what's going on. Like I got my buddy Justin and I were texting for like two hours last night about it, and like you are wrong. What do you want to bet? And he's like, I want your ponytail. I'm like, all right, whatever, weirdo. <laughs> like, I'll bet that. This is not the introduction of the Fox X-Men. And what would Disney gain from that? Let's just talk about it for a minute. What would they gain? Because you literally have no actors signed on to do anything at this point. Maybe Hugh Jackman would be one worth bringing over. Deadpool, sure. Outside of that, what do they gain? Quicksilver was probably the third most beloved character in those last group of X films. Mm -hmm. There, there was nothing to celebrate. Yeah, uh, I don't need any that, of that coming over. I think that, but I think that answers your question because the thing that people are like, Oh, these movies are terrible. Yeah. But that Quicksilver scene was cool. Yes. You know, like, so I think that, cause I don't even, I think it was that days of the future past where he like runs around the walls and all that. Like right. he, he shows up, he puts on his headset and he like runs around. Like there's no loss for them to do it. Yeah. If, if it is him, like, because what's going to happen is that they have one show on the air and everyone's watching it and everyone's talking about it. So what they're doing is it's like organic branding for something that doesn't even exist yet. Right. Like the, the, Eric the Marvel White. cinematic universe fans are frothing at the mouth for everything. Absolutely. They want, so that's why they would do it to stir like, the I, pot. I, Eric White in the Facebook chat just said, why bother to make us all talk about WandaVision? Mission accomplished. Yeah. That's exactly what this is. The, Hugh Jackman's not showing up next week. Magneto and Professor X are not showing up next week. <laughs> okay. Oh, people are convinced that Magneto's going to show up. So, oh, Well, I, I hope he shows up like he showed up to Thanksgiving at Wanda and, and uh, Vision's um, house in the comics where he said, uh, <laughs> greetings, <laughs> men call me Magneto. It's like, well, welcome to Thanksgiving. That's so nice to see you. <laughs> you friggin' weirdo. Yeah. 
Oh. I would love that. If he opened the door and said, men call me Magneto, I'd be like, yep, that's how. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Matt. I, I, I can't see the upside of them uh, bringing over what eventually became a pretty universally despised group of characters. Right. I mean, and, and uh, the, the last movie it, was it, a complete fall on his face failure too. What, but, what is there but, to celebrate? Uh, you know, we are getting this tease of a larger multiverse with like, hey, here's a character you recognize. Right. And I do think that this might be the series that opens the door for mutants. Could be. I think, again, I think the red herring is in play and it's to get us to believe that. And I'm not buying the argument. Yeah, but like, look at all the stuff in Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield show up. That is going to be a gag in that movie. I promise you. Tobey Maguire and like Andrew, what's his head? If they have a combined 10 minutes of screen time, I will be shocked. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not they're they're not permanent members of the, you know, West Coast Avengers. It's just like they it's like in the in the, you know, the CW crisis crossover where you get people on screen for 40 seconds like here's the the mayor of gotham from the 1989 batman right you know like right like you're, you're yeah yeah here's a here's star girl in the jsa from what right, was that like, what was at that time just a disney or a, a dc universe show yeah so if they did because they're saying what that that doctor strange has something to do with wandavision and that doctor strange just doctor strange 2 has something to do with spider-man and the multiverse so yeah. I don't know. The whole thing is weird because his character was really odd. And the yeah, that's the other thing. He's like, hey, who's the knucklehead? He's like the Fonz. Like, what's what? Yeah, what is Fonzie doing here? That's exactly what I said. Like, Fonzie. (laughs) But um, yeah, I don't know. Like, there. I want. I'm enjoying the weirdness in in their inner TV show, like the meta weirdness of Agnes when she's like. Oh, you want me to take that again? And and Vision's like, "What the fuck did she say?" And they're like, ha, ha, ha. "Yeah, oh, you know, no big deal." Like, super that creepy. Oddness, that was like, great. I want more of that, more than like, you know, that handsome sword guy being like, "She, she's a menace." Like, oh, I, I need less of that. Like, I, I want more. Like, build the world in this little TV screen, and then yeah, um, it was a little silly that they like we got a drone in there. Perfect. Now let's shoot a missile at her. Really, dude. You're witnessing firsthand that this character may or may not be altering reality. Okay, at a level of power we have not seen. And right. uh, don't fly the drone away. Let's shoot a missile you've at her. There, <laughs> you've been there ninety <laughs> seconds. Let's attack. Like, yeah, that doesn't make any sense at all. So. Yeah. you're fired. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> like, right? You you're cannot do this, your Mr. job. Sword. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, Brian, we got some other people that want to get in. Always good to talk to you, man. You two guys get into it. You have a good one. All right, Brian, have a good one. Jeffrey Ketchum, you were the first in last time, so I'm asking to unmute you now. Hello, gentlemen. How are we today, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Well, what I want to talk about was uh, an upcoming kind of what-if type of thing, and uh, I don't know if you all saw it, but there's some more news about the Heroes Reborn stuff yes coming out and everything i see about this is essentially okay so do you remember a while back they put out a book called what if stan lee started the dc universe yeah it's called just imagine stan lee creating the dc universe yeah yeah yeah, yeah. this is definitely this whole thing is looking like marvel's trying to eat dc's lunch because i mean we have 
We have a young Titan or a young justice spin, a uh, young justice. Oh, okay. Pastiche. Well, that is, um, that is a, that is a squadron Supreme thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it gets deeper. I mean, so we also have Peter Park, Hyperion's pal, Peter Parker. Right. Right. We also have a uh, legion of superheroes take on Hyperion and the Imperial guard. Right. Which a little back ground on that when the Imperial Guard was created. Uh, Dave Cochran was involved, and he actually reused designs that he was going to pitch for the Legion. Yeah, yeah. The Imperial Guard was a was an homage to the Legion from the jump. Yeah, and the Squadron Supreme was an homage to the Justice League from <laughs> the jump. And I, so, I, 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 this is they are really like since this is a world where the Squadron Supreme are the premier premier heroes of the of this avengersless world it's uh, we've got money. a we've got a very dc yeah pastiche uh thing going on yeah okay and uh, which i i think is brilliant does the squadron I, I, supreme I'm, always end up evil every time they show up uh oh, they started they're, evil they're, I mean, they're, mo- they're usually mind controlled is the deal they're, yeah. like, they're just there's there's saps well that's yeah, a problem that, that's a real when problem they, as well I mean, their, <laughs> in, their introduction was i mean their first appearance was as the squadron sinister uh yes uh though that was not the same characters was it? uh no the hyperion from the squadron sinister was a different hyperion okay and the uh the wizard character from uh, the Squadron Sinister actually became the Spider-Man villain Speed Demon. Easily one of the worst code names in comic books. Fuck that. No, call him the Wizard, you cowards. (laughs) (laughs) It's terrible. Uh, Like, they're calling him the Blur now because that's what JMS renamed him as when he did Supreme Power. It's better than the Wizard. wizard. It's better than the Wizard. Is this the guy that was bitten by the radioactive mongoose or had mongoose blood put in him? That's the Golden Age Wizard (laughs) from the main Marvel Universe. (laughs) I loved him. <laughs> yeah he's idea. from like uh he's from the um, the all winner squad or one of those weird golden age teams uh, back when word got out yeah. about a radioactive spider and everybody started putting animals in the microwave and making them bite them you know <laughs> oh no 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 this was way 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 before spider-man but yeah he was like bitten by a mongo he he somehow got injected with mongoose blood and <laughs> it was like oh yeah super speed happens <laughs> so, uh, so there's also going to be an X-Men book. There's uh, Mag- Magneto and the Mutant Force. And what I find interesting is I heard you guys talking about the whole uh, Immortal Hulk kerfluffle. And I just find it interesting that one of the characters featured prominently on the cover of Magneto and the Mutant Force number one is Sabra. Oh, yeah. Jewish superhero. Yeah. And I mean, considering Magneto's whole like history and all of that, but they got Magneto in a, in a hover chair. Which is pretty fucking cool. Yeah. I do like a hover chair. Yeah. It, no, I think it looks like it's going to be fun. Um, I don't care about the Squadron Supreme. I'm just going to say it. I don't care about them. They do nothing for me. Uh, and I feel like every know, time they show up, they end up bad guys. Literally well, every yeah. time. And whether you're is, evil or yeah. easily mind controlled, if you're a Superman type character, either one is unacceptable. I know. <laughs> like, and maybe easily mind controlled is even worse than evil. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> Here's my thing with, with that though, Matt is I, I kind of agree with you. I could give or take, but uh, whenever they put out a story like this in my first instances, I don't really care about that character. So I'm just like, my thought on that is make me care about that character. Yeah. 
No, I don't. I don't. So write a story that makes me care about that character. Yeah, that's the the squadron. The squadron supreme is a. um, They have a very complex history. Oh yeah. Um, You know, yes, they have often been used as tools of villains. Uh, yes, they are uh, obvi- uh, They are uh, regularly mind-controlled into, b- into being evil. Uh, right now in the pages of Avengers, it's like Mephisto is controlling mm-hmm. Agent Coulson and, and influencing the actions of this, whatever. Um, yeah. But kind of doing the whole Patriot thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, there is a, a, um, there's a 12 issue maxi series from the eighties called squadron Supreme written by Mark Runewald. Yeah. Uh, it was basically his, like his proudest life's work. And it's drawn by Bob Hall, Nebraska native, Bob Hall, uh, Lincoln boy and uh, uh, Paul Ryan, uh, RIP. And it is basically like, it is a classic superhero deconstruction, like before that was a thing. Uh, It was before Watchmen. It was before the authority. And it is like the squadron Supreme. uh, They've had a raw deal. uh, They've been used and abused. And now they have this world and they have decided to take matters into their own hands. They've come up with this technology to basically erase the desire to commit criminal acts from the minds of criminals right oh that 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 and, always goes well right yeah and so like it's never it, a it's, it's basically like <laughs> civil war it's it's civil war before civil war it's like half the team is like what are you no, mind control yeah and you for can't, the, for the no. record i really like that story and i thought it was really well done i just don't i didn't need any more after that i didn't need it it's like the century. Yeah. I really like this. The first century when they introduced the century and the idea, like the Marvel universe forgot about him. They should have never and, brought the century. And back. he's secretly the bad guy, you know, and we find that out and it, and it has this great story and they kill each other in the end. We're just like, woo, you're right. The century was way too powerful for the Marvel universe. It's probably better. That he's gone. Then they brought him back 40 times. It, like, no, right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need it. No, it's true. <laughs> It's true. And, and the, like, the, so the kind of the, 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 the joke about squadron Supreme is that they've got this huge chip on their shoulders because they are constantly getting kicked around and being compared to the Avengers. Right. Uh, so like, uh, there's a storyline, uh, where they, they were, uh, they were brought back after years, uh, by Kurt Busiek and George Perez in that classic Avengers run. And they had, again, been manipulated into thinking the Avengers were villains because they had all come, they had all just come back from the dead <laughs> uh, after Onslaught and uh, Heroes Were Born. And so the Squadron Supreme shows up and like, you are not the Avengers. The Avengers are dead. And it was this whole huge thing where, uh, again, the Squadron Supreme got tricked into being assholes. Yeah. And like, so they just have, they have this constant, like, tail between their legs inferiority complex we we got duped again um and that's kind of their shtick um which is uh, which is interesting but it doesn't make for like it's not something you would want to read about as like main characters yeah yeah just don't need i it. mean there, there's another thing here i'm seeing in uh some of the some of the solicits that they're really kind of going in deep on some of the dc lore like blur uh, the this, this, this swiftest mortal alive must win a race through mind-bending dread dimension in order to save his soul from the hypersonic hexes of the speedster supreme 
the silver witch. Yeah, that was an interesting thing I, I saw. The speedster supreme. I don't know what that is. <laughs> it looks like they're blending Scarlet Witch and Silver Surfer. Or Quicksilver? Probably. I th- I'm going to say Quicksilver. Well, no, because he's he's. No, no, yeah, it's right. It probably. Well, no. I think it's Quicksilver. I don't think it's a Silver Surfer. Because when you say yeah. the speedster supreme. Oh yeah, the speedster supreme. Yeah, that would be quick. Yeah, Silver yeah. Witch, Quicksilver Witch. Yeah. yeah. So it's going to be like a Doctor Strange, Quicksilver. And Scarlet Mash Witch, of, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's the Speedster Supreme, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, sorry, I, I, the line below it was Doctor Spectre going into cosmic realms, and I, that's where I came. That, that I, that's how I got mixed up with the Silver Surfer. Frank Sorello <laughs> says uh, the Squad and Supreme are the people who read and believe memes and don't do research. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, li- they literally yep. are right now. The Batman uh, analog. I can't. What's his Nighthawk? Is that his name? Uh, yeah, he's like he's like Representative Nighthawk, yeah. Matt Gates. More or less. He's like, I'm a shitty, you know, member of the house by day, coming up with all kinds of like dumb stuff to steal ideas and whatnot. And like when I'm not doing that, I'm Batman. <laughs> like, you're a busy dude. <laughs> like, that is we talk about, you know, Bruce Wayne. How does he fit all that shit into his schedule as and then Batman? But like he does Batman at night. Nighthawks all yeah. over the place <laughs> during the day, during the night, you know. I don't know. I'm just I, I I I haven't been this excited for a Marvel event in quite a while, and I'm I'm really looking. You know, I love an alternate history take. I love an alternate universe. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. I yeah. mean, they've got Blade listed oh, yeah. as the Earth's last living vampire. Yeah. <sighs> Heck yeah. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna yeah, be. No, f- I I think it sounds a lot more fun than it did when it was first uh, and, when and it was first and, announced. And he's kind of playing the bishop role if we're comparing this to. Uh, Age of Apocalypse, uh, Age of Apocalypse right. you know, having that last memory. But yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about. That's just been a lot of fun. I'm still behind on WandaVision. Sorry, guys. Can we all hey, agree? All good, man. All good. Can we all agree that when Heroes Reborn 2 is done mm-hmm. and we go back to the Marvel Universe, can mm-hmm. we please just have the Avengers live in a mansion? That's all I ask. <laughs> I don't need them living in the skeleton of a dead celestial anymore. It is too wacky. It's too wacky, and I don't need it. Just go I, back I would, to the mansion. I, I'll be honest with you. I want Avengers Tower back. Oh, I didn't even take the tower. The tower is fine. That's a building. I'm okay I with that. I love Avengers Tower. <laughs> like, right now, we have, like, the brew, the, uh, you know, like, super intelligent brood kid, and... Yeah. A what's her head and devil dinosaur and gorilla man in the brain room of a celestial, like coming up a crazy idea. Like it's insane. <laughs> okay. Let's dial it back just a little bit. I mean, especially when you have friends like Stephen Strange and Reed Richards who literally can make a building any size you want it to sure. be. Just, I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, TARDIS that shit. Yeah. Yeah. TARDIS, it, it just, TARDIS a fourth floor walk up on the Lower East Side. <laughs> I don't need Avengers Mountain anymore. It's silly. All right, Jeff, we got some other people that need to get in here, man. We'll talk to you soon, right. okay? Talk to you later, guys. Bye, bud. Frank, I'm asking to unmute you, sir. Didn't change his name today. So we can, maybe it is Jennifer. I don't know. No, it's, it's not. It's Frank. All right. <laughs> I, 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 I can't change the name. I don't, I can't, I don't know. I got to log into her account and change it. Or I just started my own account. So hey. maybe next week I'll be me. It's about time you broke free. <laughs> she's been holding you back too long, buddy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. She's holding me back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are we don't rapping worry. about today? <laughs> um, well, I was going to, I was going to talk about WandaVision, but you guys covered it. I, I will say the, the thing I will say is it seems like, it seems like Wanda just kicked the door open to the multiverse is what by dragging I agree. through dragging Pietro in from another dimension. 
I totally you know? agree. I think this ends and, and, with Doctor Strange showing up and saying, look, you don't know what you did. When you right. did this, when you changed reality, you don't know what you did. But people yeah. are now paying attention to this that you don't want paying attention to this kind of thing. Right. And and I keep reading a lot of stuff about how Mephisto's behind the whole thing. And I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. I don't buy it. Seems it. Like I don't I don't know if I buy it either. Because it seems I mean, they had some good arguments, but it seems like she's in total control of what's going on. You know? Okay. Now I I had a thought though um, yeah. yesterday. While I do think that Wanda is exerting some control over the world, over the environment. Yeah. I'm not sure if she's the one that put her in there. Mm, yeah, that's that's a good question. Yeah. Because there are two characters that we still have not identified, and that's Agnes and Dottie. And there's also the idea that um, when Vision put the whammy on Norm and Norm snapped out of it. Yeah. He just kept saying she, her. Yeah, not Wanda. Mm. Not, not, right. not the Scarlet Witch or whatever, or the Avenger yeah. even, and, just she, her, and she, her. So it was all very, it was all very vague, mm. vague pronouns. Sure. And I also think um, you cannot put this in a situation where the Scarlet Witch is solely responsible for it. Otherwise, she is now a worldwide supervillain bad guy, and you either have to kill her or mm. she is chased for the rest of her life <laughs> by good guys, you know? I think I, Wanda, I think Wanda is a victim that is- I agree. Uh, that is uh fighting back mm. and um or or she's a she's a victim that's embraced this prison that's i think you're right on the second on that second point uh yeah because she 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 comes out of it to threaten right. the sword agents john zimmerman um, in the facebook chat brings up a really good point and says and reality is so malleable because the infinity stones aren't there to safeguard this dimension Mm. Well, you know there was the other thing they and they did they did put you know to rest the idea of what is is that is vision just an illusion or is it a, a construct a no corpse. it's his corpse it's his it's corpse absolutely his corpse walking around and um which makes it creepier because he doesn't know what's going on but I, I don't think it's his corpse I, they they say in this episode she yeah. resurrected him i think he's alive okay Okay, but well, I mean, she took his corpse. Okay, and so resurrected. here's here's what she my, took my, his corpse, yeah. but yeah. He, she brought him back to life somehow because he's thinking and feeling and making right. his own decisions, and he's here's, worried. Here's where my, he's asking my questions. Thought, right. Here's where my yeah. thought process goes: is that because her powers come from the mind stone, and he in he had the mind stone as part of him. I think that they and that's why i think they're they're so bonded was but her powers weren't from the mind stone they were from the red yes one, they were weren't they yes her they power, were her, the mind stone was what was in loki's staff and that's what strucker used to give them okay. their powers okay. right so i think their connection that's their a bond, great point frank i didn't put yeah. that together and and that's why she was able to resurrect one that's why she was she fell in love with him and two that's why she was able to resurrect him and put his memories back because she still is connected to the mind stone wherever it is in reality whether it's in the past or i mean you know they were destroyed at that point when um you know when when thanos destroyed them all but you know reality is you know the time stream is kind of malleable in that case because they were jumping around all over the place yeah no, so, definitely. But I, I, right. I definitely agree. There has to be something sinister going on because you can't set yeah. it up that like, even if they're just like, well, Wanda, it's just, she can't help it. Uh, it just kind of happened. Yeah. She's still and, super guilty. 
Right. And <laughs> like, everyone still keeps super bringing guilty. up Agnes's brooch that she's wearing. She's got it on in every single episode. It's yeah. like, it's two kids and the Grim Reaper. And I keep seeing that brought up. I want to say one more, one more thing. My favorite what if, I'll tell you, I got, I got two, no, three, three, three what ifs. My favorite what if. Ep- issue 34 is my favorite what if. That's the, that's the gag one. It's just one gag after another. It's yes, yeah. yeah that one's like my favorite one. What was my it? other favorite one? Is which one? Thirty four. It's yep. it's the one where it's like it's like what if Thor got a haircut? What if? Um, oh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hilarious. Gotcha. Um, n- another one was uh, what if? What if Rick Jones becomes the Hulk? I always love that issue. And then my other favorite what if is what if Marvel bought DC? <laughs> you know that's which actually almost happened back in what the 70s yeah there was a point and vice versa yeah. when marvel got in trouble they in like filed for oh, bankruptcy right, right. dc but that was, like was in the like 90s eyeballing them yeah so that's that's my those are my what if cho- my what if picks and thank you for picking my question this week love it anyway, yeah, very guys, good take frank, care good I'll to talk to you man all right frank let's get mr david robinson here david how are we today buddy doing all right gentlemen how you guys doing we're doing well we're doing real well what are we Excellent. rapping about well, first of all, greetings from Hoth. Um, yeah, no doubt. It's, it's a little cold and snowy here in Wisconsin. Yeah, same here. Winter showed up yeah. in Nebraska suddenly. <laughs> yeah, so. Indeed, with a vengeance. Um, first off, we'll, we'll uh, do the uh, question of the week. Um, I, I've, I love What If. I'm looking forward to the series. Um, the one that sticks out in my head is What If Sabretooth Killed the X-Men? Yeah. Which uh, ends with Jubilee taking the safeties off of the danger room and lasering him to death in the danger room. Oh, that's um, that's after they ditched the Watcher and all the stories became like horror themed. Yeah. Yeah. That one, I really, really, uh, it just sticks out of my head. Maybe it was the, the art that was in that particular issue. And as much as I, I love the medium, I'm never, I'm not a person that like pays that much attention to who the artist is on the book. Like just make it look good and tell a good story and I will enjoy reading it. Um, and I, that one just doesn't stick out in my head as to who it was, but I remember that style seemed to work really well for me with that story. I can't, that's a goofy era. That is a weird era of what if I I couldn't even pinpoint what it is. It it seems to me like it would be late nineties. I totally remember it. Yeah. And I can't find the issue for the life of me. Yeah. Uh, it's called what if starring Sabretooth screams in the night. There you go. Uh, Who was the artist? What if number 87? Oh, Frank Taran. For a second there, I, saw, I thought it said Frank Thierry. <laughs> uh, Frank Taran was the artist. Uh, Frank Taran okay. is a name that I haven't seen in a while, but I remember seeing a bunch of times uh, uh, back in those days. Um, let's see. Work history? Uh, Not important. Dave, what else you got for us? So uh, WandaVision. Um, yeah, so I was wrong on a ton of things. Um, it's yeah, she stole his corpse. We we just talked about that. Yep. Um, I, I think you're right with, she didn't start it, but she's embraced it. Um, yeah. you know, we, we, we talked about the accent and whether or not she's participating or perpetrating it. And like, we see when she steps out of the, out of the hex, uh, that she had the accent. She's herself. So, yeah. I loved that. I loved that. Yeah, very much. Very Had much the accent so. um, and was so, wearing her Avengers costume. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's, it is legitimately, she is like a part of that world. And like, if she had set it up, I don't think she'd be hiding her accent. 
Like she says in the first episode that she's from Sokovia. They they they, they, they talk about her being from Sokovia. Right. So I don't think she would she would hide the accent if this was her doing it. I think she's just embraced it. Um, with the kids being able to age themselves. I don't know what's going on. Uh, I don't know if like I don't think she has control over them. I think that they are someone else's doing. I okay. I'm starting to think that too. I don't think. Like, unlike the Marvel Comics kids, <laughs> which were yeah. an actual thing, I don't think they're an actual thing. I think they're, I think act- they're an actual thing. Do you really? I, I think don't. they're real. I think we're going to have, uh, what is it, Wiccan and Hulkling? Yeah. No, not Hulkling. Yeah. I, Wiccan and, uh, Wiccan uh, and uh, uh, a, Speed. Speed. Was Wiccan and Speed. Yeah. That's right. Uh, I think we're going to have Wiccan and Speed when this is all over and done with, which is our you know more of our lead into young avengers or avengers 5 or whatever it's going to be i don't disagree with, with that and all the rest of that and if they're showing us that one of the kids has magic abilities okay mom does yep. i get it all right <laughs> you know so yeah i mean there's uh, there have been two things so far that wanda has not been able to control that was the stork that appeared out of nowhere yeah uh, which was related to the kids and the kids themselves, because she tried yeah. to make them fall asleep with her powers and it wouldn't work. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah she, does, they, she can't control the kids. And Monica did and they say, aged on their own. Frank Cirillo in chat says, Monica said, they're her kids. Like, yeah. I was, the, I, I saw them come out of her. You know, she was there. <laughs> so, so, now they didn't have so any gore who, on them or anything. So, I, like, right. I don't know. But, I mean, it was a well, second. I mean, yeah, that's the sitcom part of, you know, childbirth. First of all, those weren't infants and those weren't newborns anyway. No, they you had know, hair. They were, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were like four months old. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> the size of um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, who in Marvel Universe, without the reality gem, can manipulate and twist reality like this? Somebody else magic. It's got to be. It's got to be a, a, someone else magic. Um, we know this is tying into Doctor Strange. It's got to be something magic. Before Kang is Kang, uh, he he was a magic wielder, right? No, oh, he was Iron Lad. Um, okay. Before Kang was Kang, he was Iron Lad um, as a kid. Is it, well, he's Iron Lad, but isn't he Rama Tut also? He's Rama Tut. He's the Scarlet Centurion. Yeah, but we oh, find no, out no, that no. Rama Scarlet Tut Centurion was, was using uh, technology and made everybody okay. think it was magic. So but, yeah, I don't think Kang was ever actually a magic user. But this is the other um, thing okay. that goes into like why I don't think this is mutant related. I, because there's all this either. magic stuff coming. There's this multiverse coming. There's Kang coming down the pipe. There's cosmic background radiation and stuff. This all points to Fantastic Four shit. There's nothing all right, that leads about me, it. That leads me to the next thing I wanted to talk about because I know David probably picked up on it. There is a moment in the episode where um, Monica is talking about like the supplies and the equipment she needs to re-enter Westview. Yeah. Uh, you know, I need a, I need a, a, a 30 ton rolling truck full of anti-radioactive, whatever, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then she says something about how she knows an aerospace engineer that um, would definitely be able to help. And she starts to text somebody and they cut away and it's never mentioned again. Right. 
I missed, I know she was, she was saying that she knew an aerospace engineer. I missed the texting part. Um, I was trying to catch it. I work was crap last night and I was stuck there late. So I was, I was sneaking this in while I was there. I don't um, think it's Reed Richards though. I don't think that's Reed. Huh? It's Reed Richards. You think so? I don't. Well, I, I've been maintaining. So there's two other things with other characters coming into this that I wanted to mention. I, number one, um, I think that the fantastic four is going to be a function of the quantum realm. I really do think that they're going to twist the, the, the intro of them a little bit that they went into the quantum realm with an experiment from Reed in something like the sixties. And this would have been before Tony, after Howard, after Cap went in the ice, nobody knew about this. Yeah. And they've been lost in, in the quantum realm for the, since the 60s. They're going to pop back out and time moves differently. So they're going to still be the same age. And something happened with them in there that they got their powers from the quantum realm instead of from cosmic radiation. Yeah. And I think, and you're I, right. think, I, think I think the, think the Fantastic this Four is going to be a function. I don't know if that's going to be the exact way, but I think the Fantastic Four gets a much bigger intro than, oh, I know this aerospace engineer guy. I, yeah. I find that I, hard I to believe. That, I think that they're going to be a, rem, uh, a function of Ant-Man Quantumania because the, I, I think that that is going to be the catalyst for them coming into it because that is far further into development than Fantastic Four. Could be, or the quantum and, realm is linked to the negative zone or some crap like that. Who knows? But, something. But I something think like that. the Fantastic Four is way too big and they're going to drop more seeds to lead into it than oh, just like... That's what I'm saying. It's a seed. I'm not saying they're introducing the Fantastic Four in this show. But I'm I don't think they're, they're dropping yet. seeds. I don't think they're around yet at all. I don't think they're even present mm. yet. I think I agree with I mean, you, David, that they're going to come popping out and be like, we're back. Yeah. And people are going to be either yeah. be like, who are you? Who are you? Yeah. Or like, oh my God, we forgot about these guys. Remember when they disappeared on their space launch in 1960, whatever? Like, holy crap. You know, it's going to be something. So, and here, here's another little piece of it. Um, back in Homecoming, um, Happy is vacating uh, Avengers Tower for the, the mansion upstate saying that they got to get the tower ready for the new buyer. Mm -hmm. Maybe this is all backdated a little bit, and the new buyer of Avengers Tower is Reed from stock investments that have been sitting idle for 60 years, and he buys it, and it becomes the new Baxter building. Maybe. That could be. I don't know. We'll see. You know, so, so, so you know, uh, some, some people in the chat are, are speculating. Justin uh, says, I thought, I thought she was referring to herself. I don't know what that means. Yeah. I don't either. Um, Eric, Eric White, Shaz Eric, Shaz Eric Supreme uh, says, uh, uh, could it maybe be going to Captain Marvel? Um, two things. Captain Marvel, uh, Carol Danvers was not an aerospace engineer. She was a pilot. Right. True. Second, uh, Monica did not seem happy at uh, Jimmy yeah. Woo bringing up Captain Marvel. I think Monica blames no, not at all. Captain Marvel partially for mom's death and other things that happened because she left for so long. Yeah. Um, and then John, uh, John, formerly from New Jersey, uh, suggests Blue Marvel. Uh, Adam Brashear, the Blue Marvel, which I, I think is a possibility. Possible. I do too. Yeah. I think uh, it could they be a, might so get him a in side the character like somehow. that. It's not going to be Reed. It's too big. No, I don't. I don't think it's Reed on this. I think Reed they're going to save for movie intro Definitely. or teasers in one movie, and then they've already announced the Fantastic Four movie. I don't think that they're going to start them in a show. I think it, I just don't think it's a tease. Um, it, I might be wrong on it. I, I'm not feeling that going that way. Uh, the other character uh, thing that I want to talk about is Evan Peters, um, which was really cool to see him there. 
I'm not entirely convinced that this is the kicking open of the door to the multiverse and the X-Men. This might be just, we know he's Pietro and the fans, overall fans know him better as Pietro than the, the gentleman who was cast in Age of Ultron. Right? The, the name loses me at the moment. Yeah. I, um, and I, honestly, nobody feels anything for that Quicksilver. <laughs> so. Yeah. So who was never even called Quicksilver. Um, right. And I think this might just be this is the Pietro that we get, which is a, is a tease. I might be wrong, and this might be the connection to the multiverse, which brings the X-Men in. We still don't know how Deadpool is going to connect to, because we're getting a Deadpool 3 that is somehow going to live in, in, in that. But Deadpool has always been kind of outside continuity. That's it. I have a theory on Deadpool 3 as well, and I do think it's going to be extremely tongue-in-cheek and bounce around and maybe not even be really connected but just make fun of the Marvel Universe type thing, you know, because it's going to be rated Could R. Be. So I, yeah. whatever there, but no, I'm with you. This is not the Fox X-Men. There's no benefit to that. We talked about it. Marvel has yet to do anything that stupid. And don't give me the Spider-Man argument because again, that is going to be a shtick in that movie. We're going to yeah. laugh at it. It'll be funny, but it's going to be a very small part. Marvel has not done anything that obvious or dumb yet. And I refuse to believe that that's what they're doing here. I, I don't know. I heard that Toby. I heard Toby Maguire was going to die saving the multiverse. <laughs> I hope so. That would be As, great. Yeah, not, not that Peter Parker, just Toby Maguire himself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Toby. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, as, as much as an X Men fan as I am, and as much as I would love to see them in the MCU, the smartest thing that Feige and Marvel can do is to leave the X Men properties alone for yes. at least five years. Yes. And they know that, that. Is the absolute smartest thing that they can do is to just not touch them except for little like hey here's a little nod or a little scene or here's a mention of uh, of a school upstate new york right in westchester something like that. just mention things but don't show us anything yes for at least five years and disconnect it from the other movie we're not getting the x-men yet and they're smart not to do it we need distance from the x-men because the x-men yes. films went way downhill there is no question of that. And I think, honestly speaking, if you look at that whole collection, Casey and I watched them all in order, and it was brutal. There's like three good movies. Literally, there's three good movies. X-Men 2 still holds up. It's good. Logan is excellent. And yep. I, Deadpool. <laughs> like, there you go. First class. The, first class. First class was fine. Watch it again. I don't think it held up real well, honestly. Like, I like the idea of it, and I like the, some of the actors in it, and there were some good moments, but it's not a great overall movie. And it, mm. I, there's just no reason for Marvel to jump into that yet. They don't need to. Yeah. When you're pumping out Guardians of the Galaxy movies and making more money than some of the X franchise movies, you can wait, X-Men. Screw you. Well, also, if they're making fantastic Guardians movies, which they are, and they're keeping them in space, then do what I always uh, rail for and keep the X-Men on Earth. Yeah. <laughs> no, I hear you. <laughs> David, it's good to talk to you, man. We got one more person who needs to get in here, and then we got to get out of here. We're desperately over time. You too, guys. Be safe. Stay warm. You too. All right, David. Have a good one. Jimbo, talk to us. I started watching Demon Slayer. It's great. So we don't get a lot of what-if stories in the manga world, because usually it's just, here's your story, here you go, and the writers don't write. Sure. What's really interesting on this is an anime adaptation of The Promised Neverland took a huge divergence and is written by the author. So that's the closest thing I got. I don't <laughs> like it. It's really weird. Is this what you guys feel like when a new creator gets like 
a Thor is like, oh, what, what, what could they do? What badness can they bring? What, what happened to my baby? It's very weird. Yeah, no, it's exactly how we feel. And we were talking about at the beginning of the show where they recently changed Thor's origin and decided, oh, yeah. well, we don't know if they changed it or not, but they suggest that the Phoenix is Thor's mom. And people <laughs> went ape shit. And to which I say, are you kidding me? How many times have we changed Thor's origin or, or any character's origin? Wolverine's whole story is his origin changes constantly, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's, really, that's really strange. Um, yeah. Demon Slayer. Uh, that one was the big one two years ago. So that's like 120 million sales. Yeah. We just had a movie that in Japan, that was the biggest movie of all time over there. But yeah, no, Demon Slayer is great. I really like it. It's a lot of fun. It's on Netflix. The animation is stunning. Yeah, Absolutely it's better stunning. to watch it than read it because the animation is like movie quality. Like yeah. the guy, the, the studio is uh, very good. Like th that's one of the reasons why I caught on because animation is. It's like the 30 second, it's like the 30 second intro to Thundercats quality. Yeah, yeah but, but it's like imagine if the entirety of Thundercats yeah. was that intro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Damn, just, I, can't, I can't even imagine yeah, that. Yeah, mind-blowing, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's all I got. You know, not much. Just, you know, toss in my, my random, you know, from the land of the rising sun stuff. And I love it. Good. You're our Japanese correspondent, and we appreciate it. Manga, Thank you, brother. Manga, weekly manga report from, from Jimbo Heavey. <laughs> good to talk to you, Jim. Take care, guys. Bye, buddy. Miss Branch, get Peter Parker on the phone. Yes, Mr. Jameson. Okay, let's get some voicemails here. We got a few of them. Hey guys, it's Tony Mathers. I just want to say thank you for all the uh, kids' books recommendations. I wrote them all down. Top of the list is the Superman Smashes the Clan because that's the kind of stuff I want to start teaching my son now. And you know, can't think of a better way than to use Superman. But hell yeah, calling in because I wanted to talk about uh, WandaVision. Uh, you know, so full spoilers for episode five. And if I'm repeating anything you guys already talked about, sorry. But um, first off. Uh, there was an interview with the showrunner and uh, on FlashFilm.com, and they asked her a few interesting questions. Uh, they asked her if the episode title, if the episode lengths are going to get longer, and she said she couldn't answer. Uh, she also said that there's way more episodes that they're living every day of their lives and so on. We're just not seeing them all. But uh, they had a really interesting theory uh, on their spoiler cast that they do weekly, and I, I thought uh, it might come to pass. Uh, Similar to how they announced the the book of Boba Fett at the end of uh, what Mandalorian season two, uh, they said, "What if at the end of this they're going to announce an X Men show?" Uh, I think that's possible. I mean, Kevin Feige's been really cagey about bringing up the X Men, saying like, "Oh yeah, you know they're coming." But uh, you know, a couple other notes. One, did you notice the face that Monica made when uh, Captain Marvel was brought up? Yes. And uh, two, who do you think her aerospace engineer friend is? I'm really hoping it's Ben Grimm, but, you know, I think that might be way too much to cram into this series. Uh, so, yeah, and uh, I thought the cameo at the end was pretty awesome. However, it turns out, I just think it's cool that they're doing that kind of cool stuff. So, all right. Thank you, guys. Talk to you later. It's not Ben Grimm either. Ben Grimm's a test pilot. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I kind of prefer Ben Grimm staying in the uh, Palooka lane. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need him being an aerospace engineer. No, yeah. I, I do think money on Blue Marvel is probably pretty safe. I saw that kicked around. I, I just uh, like, I don't agree with you that name dropping Reed as the first seed in a long, like they, they said the word Avengers at the end of Iron Man one. And that didn't come to pass for four years. I agree. But we all also, all those characters were already around and we knew they were around. E eventually they were yeah. already around, no, but there's no way. 
I'd be willing to put money on it. And as much as you Well, want. and they're not going <laughs> to introduce the uh, individual members of the Fantastic Four in, in, in their own scenarios. That's not going to happen. That's the not Fantastic what I think Four either. is a family. You introduce them as one. Exactly. That's why I absolutely don't think this is Reed. And I think when they do introduce them. But I'm not, this is not introducing Reed. This is just saying the name Reed Richards. That would literally be introducing him into the universe. No, when he appears on screen, that's introducing him into I, the universe. They won't do it. They won't do it. No way. We're going to get the FF all together as a family, and it's going to be a massive reveal. We're not going to hear. I don't, but I don't think it's going to be a total shock that they exist. I do. I think it will. And I'd be willing to nerd bet you on this one. You know, and I'm also kind of wondering where the idea came from that they're going to like pop out of somewhere as though they'd always been around. Is it based on this idea that they needed to be the first? I have a feeling. I mean, like, yeah, they're going to play on Marvel's first family. They can't, how can they not do that? How can they not do it? You know, I don't know. I, and they wouldn't be the first. You have the first Avenger with Cap and everything like that way back in the day. Well, yeah, duh. But this I mean, would be I'm after World like, War II, of course. But yeah, they're going to be the first MCU super team that disappeared. You can't not do it. I mean, I like, I like that idea. I just don't know why everybody is so certain that that's what Marvel's going to do. I mean, like we, because if there's anything I've learned about Marvel Studios is that anything we think is a lock is definitely oh, wrong. Oh yeah, they love to give you a swerve, but they're they've got to play something along that lines, and they have to introduce them as a family. And I don't think they get name dropped. I think there's hints here and there, maybe, and then bang, they show up it, because it's it would be such a perfect moment. I don't know how, and maybe it's not in the way we're thinking of, but I'm betting that they show up as a family. Without a doubt. All right. Well, thanks, Tony Mathers, for the rare comic pushers follow up. We've we beg people to yeah. get back to us to tell us how they feel about what we recommended, and nobody has ever done it. Bunch of jerks. Speaking of jerks, I'm not. I'm just kidding. He's not a jerk. We love this guy. It's Jason Sachs. Hey, it's Jason Sachs. I haven't talked to you guys in like forever. Sorry about that. Uh, you know, you know how it goes. I just stopped liking you. I think. <laughs> Wait, no, is that what I meant to say? Anyway, uh, Lots of people stop liking us. Uh, so you probably have talked about this like crazy, so I don't like to say much, but I kind of hope that it is the Pietro from the Marvel Universe, from the Fox Universe is coming into the new universe from TV because it would be just like this very cool, interesting crossover thing. And uh, it fits all the other theories around what's going to happen in Doctor Strange. So... Yeah, I think it makes sense, and I think it's super fucking cool. Uh, the what-if story that I love, so, you know, I'm this, like this massive Frank Miller fan because, like, between 1980 and 86 or 7, like, he's the greatest cartoonist in the world. So what if 35, what if Electra had lived, is a lost yeah. Frank Miller comic. Well, not lost because, you know, you can find it. Uh, but it is, like, another brilliant Miller Daredevil issue, like amazing storytelling, like this incredibly romantic scene between Matt and Electra, and it's just a gorgeous, wonderful comic book. So it's totally worth seeking out, and I think it's one of the best I've ever read. That's it. Thanks. Miss you guys. Bye. Oh, I forgot about. We what miss if, you too, Jason. What if Electra had lived? Ugh, that book is so good. <laughs> You know, I have not read that many issues of the first volume of What If that started in the 70s. Oh, see, I loved them. I, I think 
I bought a bunch of them in a garage sale or something as a kid. And I read that. I had, hell a, out I of had them. a few. I had a few. And I remember when um, I read them, I did not know, like as a child, I it didn't occur to me that like this is not the Marvel characters. <laughs> this is a weird version. You know, I would just read yeah, it and yeah. be like, oh man, this watcher dude's telling me a story. Cool. <laughs> you know? Oh man, that's an excellent issue. And I think he brought up a point where he said Frank Miller is like one of the greatest cartoonists in the world. We forget. It is easy to forget that, yeah, that dude was. Between 1980 and 1986. He was stunningly talented, and now he draws with his feet, which is just, I, ugh, I don't know. It's a choice. Ugh, ugh. (laughs) He draws like he hates us. (laughs) That's what I always say. All right, we got one left here. Looks like Black Scorpion number three. Hey nerds, this is Black Scorpion number three. Uh, I was calling for the, uh, to answer the question of the week, but really I wanted to talk about kids comics. I thought that was a nice little segment specifically geared towards me, to be honest. <laughs> I was so happy to hear a uh, recommendation. Uh, my uh, oldest son is five years old. Uh, my youngest is two years old. And I've been introducing them to comics. And uh, the introduction came by looking at the complete illustrated history of the Marvel Universe and who's who comics. Uh, those end up generating a lot of interest in, in, in the kids. But they just look at the pictures and they say, what's he do? What's he do? And that can generate interest in, in, in superheroes themselves. Now, I, I know that there was a, a push to see if there are any Marvel comics that superheroes the kids care about. And uh, I didn't hear you guys mention um, the Marvel Adventures line. Uh, that launched in, what, 2005, I believe? All those comics are dirt cheap. None of them are on Keystone Collector or anything like that. They're all one-shots. They're wonderful, age-appropriate, and, and, and honestly, quite fun. The way they depict Bruce Banner, the Hulk, and stuff like that, it's, it's, they're a lot of fun. Highly recommend them. Couldn't recommend them uh, enough. Now, if you want uh, books that are geared towards kids that, that are a little different from the superhero stuff, uh, you probably know Dave Pilkey from uh, Captain Underpants and yeah. Dogman, but yeah. um, he, he released a book called Cat Kid Comic Club, where uh, um, the main character walks through how to read and write uh, comics. And so all these oh. characters just pitch these zany comics, and it's full of laughs, and you find that kids really like it. That's probably for ages uh, four to seven. And finally, Aaron Nels Stanky uh, wrote a book called Mr. Wolf's Class. And if anybody's having uh, kids that are just starting school, Mr. Wolf's Class is a joy. They'll love it, uh, um, and they'll read it over and over again. It's like in a, a small graphic novel graphic novel form. I'm up on time, but my favorite what if story is what if uh, Spider-Man uh, did not lose his alien costume. It's awesome. Yeah. The, the symbiote is not just uh, grappling onto one hero after another and it just sucks him dry. It has a nice little ending where uh, Peter meets Aunt May and uh, he, he's like drained and deteriorated and they look like they're pierced because they're both Okay. Uh, be well, nerds. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Did you say Mr. Wolf's class? Is that what he was saying? I could. I, I think so. He, he was very quiet and muddled there. You're yeah. probably going to have to beef up the volume in the editing. A little bit. And I might have to hit him up and make sure he did say Mr. Wolf's class. I didn't get the title of the Dave Pilkey book either. I couldn't understand him. So. Yeah, ne- neither could I. I'll hit him up and so we can get that for required reading. But people dug the kids comic suggestions. That's rad. Yeah, nice. Love it. Uh, what if, yeah, what if volume two, number four, what if, uh, what if Spider-Man never gave up the, uh, the alien costume is a great issue. Uh, there's this awesome moment where, uh, uh, it, it is revealed that the, basically the symbiote has used up Peter. Yeah. 
and he is an old man under there. It was gross too. Was- and so the symbiote leaves him and starts ju- like, there's this group of heroes there to fight him. And the symbiote's like, this is a buffet. Yeah. <laughs> and it jumps onto the Hulk. And and the, so the Hulk becomes a venom and it's terrifying. It's uh, so fun. Such a fun issue. Yeah. What if was a ton of fun? I'm, yeah. I'm going to buy that omnibus. I love omnibus editions. They're too fun. I just, I, Please just give me manageable hardcover volumes. Ah, I don't, don't be a need baby. The omnibus. Get out of here. They're doing a who. He mentioned who's who. They're doing a who's who omnibus, and I love who's who so much. Just give me like, like the Sandman, like the Starman omnibus. Those those like nice hardcovers that you can hold in your hands and not break your lap. Yeah, I like the big ones. No, <laughs> I like tones. They're, impo- they're oh, impossible to read. Oh, I love them. They're not impossible to read, you big baby. All right, let's talk about our favorite what ifs. Let's get into it. Right. Yeah, I already mentioned my favorite uh, Elseworlds, which is uh, JLA. Uh, pardon me, JSA, the Golden Age. Um, my favorite, my favorite what if. And we reviewed it on the show in the Cosmic Long Box. Um, I can't help myself. I love it so much. It is What If, Volume 2, Number 7. What If Wolverine Was an Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Penciled oh, yeah. by Rob Liefeld. That's what I picked, too. And I've got, it's episode 576. We'll have a link to it if you want to it's hear us talk about it. It's the fucking best. In depth. It's so good. It is the best. <laughs> um, it was drawn by Rob Liefeld, but Jim Valentino was penciling credit on it, too. So I don't know if he was inking it. Um, I, maybe he did layouts. Maybe. I don't know. Or something. Yeah. Yeah. But Valentino's name is on there too. And th- again, and we're not going to go back into our entire review, but I honestly think Rob Leefield was better. He was better back then. As a young and hungry artist, he did. He was better. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. it's crazy. So <laughs> what about Elseworlds? Or my favorite Elseworld. You gave yours. Gotham by Gaslight. Without a question. Yeah. Great. It's God. Great. Damn, that book is good. Mike Mignola doing Batman in Victorian England, chasing Jack the Ripper. Come on. So good. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, and it is, it is the first Elseworld. Mm -hmm. It it, it wasn't even labeled an an Elseworld when it came out. Yeah, that's true. Uh, It was retroactively given that label because it kind of inspired an entire line. That's how popular it was. It was the same episode, 576, Batman Gotham by Gaslight. Right there. So we'll have a link to 576. You can hear our full reviews of what if Wolverine joined S.H.I.E.L.D. and Batman Gotham by Gaslight. That was a fun show. Fun Cosmic Long Box we did. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of which, Cosmic Long Box, back this week. We're talking comic book couples. Joe was doing all wedding issues. I think I'm going to do breakups and hookups, which is just too much fun. It's Valentine's Day. So, you know, we're having fun with it. I'm excited. I'm excited for this. We'll see you this Wednesday for that show. We're going to take the following weekend off because we've got stuff going on. Yeah, we have a question of the week we need to set up. And we need to remind you, your THN book club this month. It's it. Vision and it's Vision and the Scarlet Witch, colon, the saga of Wanda and Vision. <laughs> which plays, yeah, got to get it on there twice. Which plays yeah, into all this crap title. we're watching now. It's old 80s lunacy going to be so much fun. Can't wait to discuss with you guys. So read along with us. Joe Patrick, yes. hit him with a new question of the week. All right. Well, uh, I, I, I didn't anticipate that we would have next week enough when I picked this, but hey, it's still valid. Uh, this week's question was submitted by Ryan Hebrews Mount, who also helped us uh, this week with our kids' comics suggestions. Love stories. What are your favorite comic book love stories and storylines? He's even suggesting that maybe the THN historian 
in his call, can give us a rundown of romance comics. Ooh, that could be fun. I love to hear it's a challenge to you, Jason Sachs. Uh, write a book about romance comics, Jason Sachs, and we'll read it. We'll do an audiobook version. It'll be awesome. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us. We got to get out of here. My name is Matt Baum. My name is Joe Patrick. And this is the Two-Headed Nerd, signing off. <laughs>